Hello you. Welcome back to another episode of Actors Making It. I hope you all had a lovely week. If you are new here, welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode and all of the other episodes. This podcast is conversations with actors and their journeys to making it in whatever way making it means to them. We talk about insecurities. We talk about not getting in the room. We talk about the depression and the mental health struggles that we get to. Um, if you're a regular... Thank you very much for joining me as always. This week, I have had a chat with a YouTube viral sensation and gay content creator, Michael Henry. Now, Michael was bullied in school for the way that his voice sounds. And I don't think it's just in school. Michael has also been told to not sound so gay. Um... After years of rejection and not getting in the room, he has decided to pivot and create his own content rather than waiting to be chosen. He has 170,000 subscribers on YouTube and he is now in the very fortunate position that YouTube pays his way and allows him to be content creating full time. Here's this week's episode with Michael Henry. Yay! Hello, Michael. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's really great to have you. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. Oh, I feel like uh, I'm at the Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite as, uh, as Australian as, uh, as some of my family are. I've worked very hard to not be quite as, uh, as Outback Steakhouse as they are. Really? Oh, I love anything Australian. Oh, look, I mean, it's a great place to be. It's hot. I mean, I'm, it's very, I'm very sweaty right now, but it's... Uh, yeah, I come from a... Do you know what the word bogan means? I've heard of it, but I don't totally know what it uh, would mean. Uh, oh, okay. Kath and Kim, the Australian version. Mm-hmm. Kim is a bogan. Okay. So I and come from a long line of bogans. So is that... What does that mean? To like... Like... Um, uh, like... I don't even know what, 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 what adjective it would translate to. <laughs> I think, um, I mean, effectively Bogan is someone that is a little bit like uncouth, a bit, um, a little bit stupid, <laughs> or a lot stupid, um, usually lower socioeconomic, um, Oh, background. I love that. Yeah. So my family is kind of made up of like uh, Bogans and Hicks. So, okay, yeah, yeah. Hick is, uh, I get that. Yeah, it's, it's good fun. But, you know, I moved far enough away from them so that they, they can't rub off on me anymore. <laughs> oh, that's, that's sweet. <laughs> uh, look, again, thank you for joining me. I, I, I really appreciate it. Um, now, I, I, I can't remember how I stumbled upon your YouTube channel, um, but I did. And I remember being lost down a rabbit hole of feeling very much, um, I don't know, seen, <laughs> but Good. also mm -hmm. very, um, like, oh my God, I relate to so much of, um, to what you're, what you're presenting, which is, which is really fun. Well, thank you. I love leading men down my rabbit hole. <laughs> I mean, I, I, to me, it's my passion. I mean, making these videos, uh, it, it's, it's my main thing, so I just am like over the moon that anybody watches. Look, I I think it's hilarious. Um, I think, obviously, as a, I feel like a lot of it, a lot of what I've watched kind of touches on a lot of body image stuff in the mm -hmm. gay world. 
watching it. Um, and that's, you know, as many uh, gay men can probably relate to, it's something that we can all um, feel like we've struggled with or thought about a lot throughout mm -hmm. uh, our gayness. So I, I really connected with a, with a lot of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, I think no matter where you are, a gay person will say, I feel fat. You know, 100%. everybody, will, every gay person hates their body, I think, even when they have the best body on the block. And I've asked yeah. some, I've, I've had to do, I've made some videos about body image and I've asked like an actor, can you be in a tank top or whatever shirtless for this? And they're like, no, 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 not this week. I, I'm feeling fat. And I'm, I'm like, really, if you're feeling fat, I probably should feel like um, dead because it's like insane. People, everybody hates themselves. Yeah, no, I can't. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. So I want to, I, I obviously want to talk quite a lot about um, you making your own content, but where mm -hmm. I'd like to kind of start is... Uh, now, obviously, you're an actor, um, writer, producer. Um, are you directing some of the episodes as well, or does that... Yeah, I direct them with my friend Paul, who shoots them, and we edit them together. Perfect. Um, so, obviously, you... Um, I'm making an assumption here that you started out, you know, with a, with a dream to be an actor. Mm -hmm. um, how did that How did that come about? What um, What took you down this path of of acting? Well, it all started when I was in junior high. And um, I remember, like, you know, just like a lot of other gay kids, you get bullied for being gay, for sounding different, for behaving different, blah, 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 blah. So I went through a phase of where I just didn't even talk because everybody just made fun of my voice. So I was like, I guess I'm just not going to talk. And then I auditioned for um, The Sound of Music in uh, high school. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be my shot. This is going to be my chance. And I'm going to um, do the, the musicals and the plays. Well, I didn't get cast. So I was like, well, fuck. Um, but I was like, you know what? Whatever. So I kept auditioning. And then eventually that became my thing, doing the high school musicals and plays. Uh, because it gave me an outlet uh, to to talk and engage with people and feel like I was good at something eventually. And um, by the time my senior year came around, I was like the lead in the plays and stuff. And it really kind of made me feel like um, I was good at comedy. So that's where I really kind of felt like comedy is my thing. So okay. then from there, I uh, went to college and studied acting there. And of course, I'm sure like a lot of other actors in acting school had a lot of setbacks and you know going forwards and two steps forward one step back you know it, it's acting school's a pain in the butt and um uh but yeah I, I went that route and then after college i just moved to los angeles okay cool what um what was your when you first kind of started on on the journey what was at that point in your life your idea of um making it what was it you wanted to do or achieve oh i wanted to be on the wb i don't know if you had that channel there but no, the, oh the wb was like uh the station where they had dawson's creek charmed popular um uh, buffy the vampire slayer um all these shows that were just targeted towards like high schoolers um yeah, yeah. 
So I was like, ah, the second I move to Los Angeles, I'm going to be a series regular on a WB show. Um, (laughs) Well, that network ended up getting canceled. So that dream was dashed. And um, also... That was just my my view of like success as an actress. Like you're going to be a series regular on a TV show, and then you're going to be on billboards everywhere. And if and if you don't get that, then you're not successful or you haven't made it. So yeah. Um, and honestly, at the at every month, year, day that goes by as an actor, I've had to redefine what I am uh, imagining as success. Yeah. What do you, how has that changed now? What's the, what's this month that's gone by? This month? (laughs) (laughs) This month, you know what? I do kind of take things uh, week by week or month by month. And um, it, to me, it's getting all my videos up, getting all my videos written, filmed, put up, get, I have some short films that I'm in the process of writing and that I want to, you know, get the wheels in motion and making those. So really... Uh, my idea of uh, success now has a lot more creativity and motion behind it as opposed to hoping I get chosen for something. Yeah. I think that's really, um, it's a really good way to kind of move your career, especially in an industry where we do very much rely on someone choosing us. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially like if we go back to high school I was never chosen for right. any of the sporting teams or anything like that. So it, it kind of brings back a, a lot of frustration and frustrating memories, um, kind of waiting to be chosen. Yeah. Is there a reason, um, well, I'm probably answering much of the, the question here, but at what point in your career did you think, okay, well, I think I should make my own content? Oh, when I never got booked anything. you know i never booked anything i never got chosen for anything uh in los angeles i think it was i moved to los angeles in 2009 and then i started and then around 2012 i was like well i gotta like um not necessarily pivot but like see what else see what other tools i could use to get to where i want to be so I started yeah. going to improv school and then did a lot of improv and sketch comedy at all the uh, schools out here and performed that for a while, for a couple years, really. Uh, and then met a ton of actors that way. That's where I met all my actors, really. So yeah. I just learned so much from about comedy. I don't know if you've ever heard of The Second City, but uh, yes. yeah, that's where I went out here and that place taught me so much I taught that's where I learned how to write sketches um so that's where I learned and um found so many actors and then people were making YouTube videos and had some friends that were making YouTube videos but they weren't putting me in them so I was like oh god uh, uh, I guess I'll just do this on my own so I um did that and that was like five years ago and I'm still doing it yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, so let's, I guess, go back to the, 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 the years before you decided to start making your own content. So what, 2009 to 2012 is, is a decent chunk of time to mm-hmm. be um, banging on doors, trying right. to get onto uh, 
that network that no longer exists. Right. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> talk to me, I guess, about the with 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 that journey of not being of not being chosen and not kind of booking anything. A lot of people would have given up mm-hmm. um, and go and just gone. Okay, well, this clearly is not the right path for me. Mm-hmm. How? What were the kind of emotions that you went through? Um, and mental health struggles that you may have experienced during that time and how did you deal with those? Well, I feel like during those years, um, I was still just kind of trying to figure out how to be an adult in a lot of ways because... (laughs) Still trying to figure it out. Exactly. I've mastered it now. (laughs) Lies. (laughs) No. um, During those years, I was right after college And I stayed at home when I went to college. So I never lived outside of my parents' house until I moved to Los Angeles. And and I paid for school, so I was working a lot. And I really didn't get a chance to, like, go crazy. So honestly, when I moved to Los Angeles, it was a real balance of partying, going crazy, enjoying living on my own, and also trying to figure out how to get anywhere in this industry. So Mm -hmm. during those years, um, I had a lot of ups and downs, but I always knew that I loved being out here and I just knew that I would never stop trying to be an actor because I really do enjoy it. And I, I, I don't know what, why I I don't know because it's, it's literally rejection every day. Well, not anymore. Not when you're developing your own content, or you, or do you reject yourself sometimes? In uh, oh, in uh, please, I, I'm still getting rejected every day. I mean, I still go on auditions. I do my own stuff, but I also try to get in on other stuff too. And even then, it's rejection, rejection. But I mean, yeah. Halle Berry gets rejected. Nicole Kidman gets rejected. You know, A-list cool. top people at the top of their game get rejected. So you just have to uh, normalize rejection. Well, yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Do you um, do you think I'm always kind of interested around the sexuality conversation when it comes to acting? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've personally spoken about this a couple of times with other um, LGBT guests on the podcast. But growing up, myself personally, I had this, I guess, um, preconceived idea that you couldn't be openly gay if you wanted to make it as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just wondering, did you, what was your experience with your own sexuality and trying to make it as, as an actor? Well, you know, I feel like I've always been someone that was clearly gay, so I never really okay. had an opportunity to pretend that I wasn't. And even when it came to acting, I can't act straight. I'm never going to play a woman's husband. That's not my, that's where I'm not, not something I want to do or, have ever been asked to do and um i remember one of my first agents out here was like can you not act gay and i was like yeah yeah meanwhile i know i can't and i just i there was a i had a lot of insecurity around that it made me feel like i wasn't a good actor because i couldn't pretend to be someone that i wasn't in that department of life so Honestly, when you're a gay, obviously gay person, you get put into another category, which is kind of like nerds or a strange person in the office 
or like these kind of other charactery types because they they were in in 2010 they were in casting gay people in a Clorox commercial um it was odd person in the office so that's so then I that became like a synonym for me and that kind of in retrospect does mess with you a little bit okay how did you i guess deal with that or get past that um or you don't i i you don't really i mean because it's just recently maybe changing a little bit i mean mm-hmm. e- even uh i took class, commercial acting classes and the teacher in that class is like well you're never going to be a spokesperson and uh wow. things and even another commercial class somebody had me up but they called me up to the front and then someone else that was like a hunk up and to the front and the commercial director was like there's two types of people in auditions people that are in commercials people that are doing the thing right and people that are doing the thing wrong and then they pointed to he pointed to each of us and they said which one is he doing and everybody said wrong about me so just this sort of like labeling of uh people it really does mess with you and it's definitely hard even to this day when i'm making my videos i'm like i have to make sure that i am not making myself seem like a strange person or a loser or defeated because that's in casting back in the day that's where they a lot of times put the person that was get a gay type character actor mm-hmm. yeah wow i uh, i just watched that episode i i did i did binge all of your um journey to being is it journey to being liked yes likable yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i did binge all of that this morning Ooh. um so i saw that episode oh thanks um, i loved it uh-huh. Um, I didn't. I didn't for a second imagine that it was uh, based on real, true events. But now yes. that you bring it, now that you mention it. Of course, it is. So, yeah. Oh yes. Uh, I've, everything I write is based on true events for the most part. Okay. Well, they say to write what you know, so it's. Uh, and it's, I yeah. know how to be rejected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so obviously it's quite a lot of, um, I guess, rejection and, and I imagine frustration over the years with those type of auditions and, and those kind of workshops. Um, and as you say, you love acting, so you, that's why you keep doing it. Um, mm-hmm. how, talk to me about, I guess, the process then of, of, of pivoting from being the you know, going to auditions to then changing to becoming, uh, I guess, a creator? Uh, I guess I just really, I went through a phase a couple of years ago uh, where I didn't have any representation. I wasn't auditioning at all. I was just doing comedy, uh, sketch and improv and taking classes. And like I said earlier, people were doing making YouTube videos and I was like, I need to pivot. I need to do this too. I need to find a way. Oh, I feel like I'm going to sneeze. Oh, oh no, I'm not. <laughs> um, Bless you anyway. Thank you. Um, but I felt like 
I need to do something to market myself. In the beginning, I was just making videos to show, to prove to casting directors and agents that I can act. I can do that. Uh, um, so in the beginning, I was really doing it to prove something. I still am in another way, but then it was I was proving that I was worthy. I was worth your time, your uh, uh, to be on your roster. But it, over time, it became more art and narrative oriented, and I feel more passionate about it as years go on. Went on, but in the beginning, it was there was a goal to to be famous from it. Yeah. And do you feel, I guess, that you have, uh, I, I guess, achieved a certain type of or a, uh, a level of, I don't know if fame is the right word, but notoriety, notoriety from the, from this effort? Yes, I feel like I have because um, I just feel like more opportunities have been coming my way. I'm, awesome. I'm more of a yes person even though naturally I'm a very no person. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to get out of bed. No, I, no, I don't want to eat that green food. Uh, no. I want to, but I say yes, and I got into doing stand-up and stuff like that, which has helped. And the more I say yes, the more doors open. And I feel like the more I say yes to things, I'm saying yes to doing diff covering different topics in my videos, more okay. serious topics. And a lot of those videos, I get a lot of people messaging me from all over the globe saying that they, I'm saying what they're thinking. And I feel like if I'm reaching people all over the globe, I mean Australia, uh, all over the place, that I feel like that that's pretty awesome that I'm able to make somebody smile or feel a certain emotion anywhere in the globe. It's, it's an amazing feeling. Well, I mean, once I was in Italy in three years ago and I was at, I was eating, okay. There was this gay bar that also sold, um, food. So I was eating food alone at like, like midnight. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm, but it was like 12 or 1 a.m. And I was eating a pizza and drinking an Aperol spritz and so, by myself. And some guy came up to me with a photo of me on his phone. and was like, is this you? And at that moment, I was like, okay, I think that I'm on to something. Like, that made me feel <laughs> over the moon. <laughs> Amazing. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's so good um, to, to go, obviously, from not getting picked to being recognized. Um, and obviously, you know, I, I think if you get into the, to the career of acting because you want people to recognize you, then you're probably in it for the wrong reasons. But mm -hmm. at the same time, that, that, that will obviously bring its own level of um, mm -hmm. joy and I guess reassurance that you're on, that you're on the right track. Right. Um, with your, excuse me for asking a, a crass question. It's not, it's not really crass, but. I'll, do yes, you... I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Just DM me um, in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, with, the, with what you do on YouTube, are you able to make enough money for that to be your sole income 
rather so that you can focus on that and not have to worry about working in a bar or or something like that? I was working in a restaurant until 2019, uh, but I got fired from that restaurant because I was like terrible at it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then since then, I've really been trying to make it work. And Mm -hmm. uh, since 2019, it's like, it's been about three years now. uh, This has been my full-time thing, you know? I'm just making my videos because you can monetize them on YouTube. And well, since I got fired from my restaurant job, I, since this was my full-time thing, I was like, I have no excuse. I have to just write, write, write and make the videos. I So I make even more videos than I did before. So that increases right. what you make on YouTube. And then I hustle also with getting sponsorships. Um, so a lot of the times it's me messaging companies saying, pitching myself to them and mm-hmm. So with that, that combined and then doing other things like some stand-up that I'm doing now and cameo and some other little things, some acting gigs that I get here and there, for the past three years, this I, knock on wood, I haven't had to work at a restaurant or job or something else, but I'm always in fear that I will have to. <laughs> Fair. But I mean, look, that's... I, I, I can only speak for myself. That's the goal for me is is just to be able to pay my bills and enjoy my life um, through acting and not have to have mm-hmm. a, a side gig outside of that. So I mm. think, you know, for for all intents and purposes, you could be considered bit, uh, successful um, with what mm-hmm. you're doing as far as acting is concerned. So I hope you're really proud of what you've been able to achieve over however long you've been doing it. Thank you. I am. I really, I really do practice gratitude because it just a few years ago, it that was my goal to just be able to make money from making my videos and acting and uh, things like that. So I, I do feel like so lucky and so happy. Um, and that's why I make sure my karma is always good because I don't want God or the universe to take this away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will keep everything crossed for you. Thank you. Um, you did kind of mention something at the beginning of that, uh, at the beginning of the conversation around why you started doing the videos, mm-hmm. which I think was really interesting, which was to kind of prove to casting that mm-hmm. you were worthy, that you were, um, you were, I guess, valuable as far as an actor was concerned. Right. Do you feel that that ever kind of happened or eventuated that particular goal or did you move move away from that um, vision relatively quickly? Um, I never, I for a brief moment, I thought I moved away from that vision. I thought, you know, um, it still has it. I haven't been, uh, made any headway in the mainstream uh, way of things. So I thought, Forget it, whatever. Uh, maybe God in the universe just wants me to be a successful YouTuber and I'll just keep focusing on growing that, which is what I've been mm-hmm. doing. Because I honestly was not getting, uh, since when I started in like 2015 or 16, um, yeah. I never, I didn't get anybody banging on my door. Hey, I want to represent you. Hey, I, this is casting. We want you for this. Honestly, very, I haven't had that up until recently, like the past um, year or so. 
has any of it paid off in that mainstream success mainstream way i just got a manager actually okay. so th that is very exciting to me um i was mm -hmm. i was i was because I, I find there's obviously the stuff that you produce is is quite um kind of situational and, and comedic based on obviously a lot of things that um that gay men definitely experience um sorry I, I was looking at my phone i wasn't trying to be removed i was trying yeah. to remember the name of somebody um and it kind of reminds me a little bit of um ryan o'connell and, and special with yeah. with what, what he's done do you think that there's um an avenue or, or there's space for you to be producing what you're doing similar to that route of of netflix and streaming mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's my old, that that's my goal yeah. That's a totally a goal for me. And I have worked with production companies and pitched ideas and written pilots. And, uh, but let me tell you, it is a process. It is a beast. It is yeah. a, to the point where I would give up on it because you would okay. uh, be in pre-development and pitching for like a year and a half. And then... They'd be like, wow. try something different. It <clears> makes you, I have no more hair left on my head. And I even, even that I want to <laughs> rip out. It's like, to, it was like, I just really, I, I go, would go back and forth and just be like, maybe I should just enjoy the fact that I have sole control over what I'm doing and, yep. you know, lean into that. So it's, it's been a lot of that for the past like couple of years, but right now, um, I'm working on some things that other people have produced and put hired me on, and that's exciting for me. So I'm leaning into that. I'm saying yes to things, if even when they frustrate me. Like the the, the development stage is just so so chaotic. Yeah, and it's interesting yeah, when that's been like your dream and your goal to sell a show and. Uh, uh, then you're in the mix of that, and you're like, "This is a nightmare." Yeah, but do you think yeah has been on. sorry um, in the the space that we've been in over the last however long is there hasn't probably hasn't been a lot of room for I'm going to make an assumption that you, that, that what you're pitching is LGBT related. But yes. there hasn't probably been a lot of space for LGBTQI plus type content, but now that's starting to open up a little bit more? I hope so. I mean, no matter how different you think things are or things are changing or getting better, I still find that when I had been uh, working on selling a show or pitching it, they still want you to inundate it with straight people. So. Right. I mean, I don't know. I Everything I do is incredibly gay. And I guess maybe for some people it's crass. or, But to me, I think it's real. It's not heteronormative. It's gay. You can, there's doesn't link up with what other, what, you know, what friends are talking about, you know. So I think that a lot of network executives and people in charge are still the people that were in charge when those shows were on. So they are trying to wrap their brains around stuff that is complete um, hom homo-centered, you know. Yeah, yeah. So 
I have faith things are getting there. Uh, and also, I don't necessarily want to do a gay show around babes also. You know, I don't want the gay people in it to be models. Right. And I feel like a lot of the times when something is gay, you have to hammer in the sex appeal, which I don't have a problem with, but I don't want that to be the focal point. No. No. Um, I mean, I don't mind watching that stuff on occasion. but <laughs> Well, I'm going to force you to watch me. <laughs> you don't have to force me because I already because I already enjoy it. So good, um, but but yeah, even the gay network executives, it's like try. It's kind of hard to get them to wrap their brain around what I'm doing sometimes because it's usually a gay assistant that has brought me in to pitch my thing or to meet with an agent or whatever, and then even if that person in charge is gay. Sometimes they have a hard time wrapping their brain around what I'm doing. Yeah. I guess, I mean, ultimately, as, as you've just said, as, as progressive as we, as we feel we are becoming and as much as we feel that things might be changing, ultimately, it's all still a business and it's mm-hmm. gotta, not going to sell to the wider, to, to, the, to the broad community of, of yeah. content consumers and then that's ultimately what it's all going to come down to, which is, I guess, you know, why YouTube. I see, I guess I see, I see both sides and I try to wear my business cap, but also I want to entertain gay people. You know, if other people are entertained, I love that. But my main focus is uh, not to entertain gay people's friends that are straight. I Uh, want to entertain the gay people. Mm Mm-hmm. Queer, I should say, you know, everybody that's in the LGBTQ, uh, IA+, I want them to watch. As you know, over the past few years, self-tapes have become the norm, and they are being used by more and more industry professionals to cast all sorts of productions. I've personally recorded self-tapes for theatre and TV and film, and commercials. And it makes life easier for casting as they can see more options. But what isn't easy for us actors is finding someone to read for us in the moment that we need them. That's where We Audition comes in. We Audition is an online video chat community where you can call someone that has marked themselves available and they will read for you for your audition. You can use We Audition to rehearse, film, or just ask questions that may help your audition. Last year, I had an actor contact me who had never drank alcohol, who just wanted to know how to play drunk. Um, you can sign up to We Audition to be a reader yourself. I log into We Audition most days and I just leave it on and people call and I accept and I help them with their auditions. So you can earn a little extra cash doing that and you can just meet some great people. I even helped one of the main cast of Morning Moors tape an audition towards the end of last year. Look, it's a great platform and if you're going to sign up to be a reader, it basically pays for itself. So if you want to sign up to be a reader on We Audition, you can get 25% off using the Actors Making It discount code MAKINGIT. So just go to www.weaudition.com and use the code MAKINGIT when you sign up. Um, Have you attempted, are you you working on other platforms as well as um, YouTube at the moment, like TikTok, have you given that a crack? I try TikTok. Um, you know, I understand the appeal, the appeal at times. Um, 
I feel like, unfortunately, I'm too old to completely understand the appeal. (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's the only thing that I could think of as to why I'm not a hundred percent, uh, loving it. Because to me, I think people work so hard on their original content and then to, for you to post it on TikTok with you doing, mouthing it, mouthing other people's audio, like recycling other people's um, work, to me, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's, I have a hard time wrapping my brain around that being a thing and you solely being popular off of TikTok trends and recycling audios and doing dances. But hey, I mean, I I think I'm just old. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can definitely empathize with that. With that, I I remember being quite reluctant to join um, TikTok initially, but then when the last lockdown started, I was like, oh, I'll have a look at it, and, uh, and and it became fun. But there have been, I guess, a few success stories from TikTok of small content creators that have made um, like one minute episodes and 10, 10 episode kind of things and release them by TikTok wow. um, have blown up. And then right. I think, but then moved to getting um, uh, sponsorship or um, uh, network production companies yeah. um, working with them off the back of it because it, it, it ends up growing and appealing to such a wider community because it gets shared quite considerably. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I was just, but but you're right. The whole it's it's a funny little world TikTok of the. It the is, and it's short. I mean, one minute. I mean, now they changed it to you could do three minutes. But when it yeah. was for the longest time, when it was a minute, I was like, how do I make anything funny or tell any kind of story in that short amount of time? And also, TikTok is incredibly censored. Like. The, a lot of the stuff I have on yeah. YouTube gets taken down off TikTok. Right. So that's another thing I'm like, are you, are you trying to tell me I can't say butthole? I have to say butthole. <laughs> 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 I mean, it is a word that needs to be said uh, as often as possible. Come on. We've all got one. <laughs> Let me talk about it. I don't know why you're assuming that I have one of those. You're right. I don't want to judge. I don't want to, you know, who knows? I am only seeing you from the uh, bust up. Correct. (laughs) Yes. Um, Now I see it. (laughs) uh, For those of you listening to this on the audio version, he has seen nothing. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Do you think... um, Obviously, you, you're a lot of all of your work is in is in LA, um, based in LA. Is that the market that you think you'll stay in forever from an acting perspective, or do you see yourself broadening to other um, other hubs for, as far as acting is concerned? You know, I do anything that is uh, presented to me. Really, I think about anything. I think that what I'm doing, I can necessarily do anywhere. Like writing and making my videos and my episodes and my web series and stand up. I could do that anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to acting, I don't even know what other demo, what other, um, 
places are like. I know a lot of people go to Atlanta, Georgia. So a lot of my friends mm-hmm. who move to Atlanta from here. To me, that's not necessarily something I'm interested in doing unless I'm offered something. I'll go anywhere for money. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if I'll ever go anywhere else ever again um, for a, a shot in the dark, you know? Do you, do you feel that LA was a shot in the dark when you first moved there? Oh, 100%. It, uh, yeah. It still is in a way. Yeah. But I mean, you've been there, what, 10, 13 years now, so... This is my 13th year, yeah. Yeah, and you're obviously doing something right if, you're, if, you're, if you've got this far. I feel like, I, yeah, I am. I, I really feel like I'm on the right track. Uh and and if you and I feel I do it, it's it's really hard to feel like you're on the right track and you're doing the right thing because the goalposts always change like like right. what you're saying with TikTok I was like nervous I was like oh my god is YouTube going to become obsolete is it all going to be TikTok you know you're always wondering you always have to be on your toes and uh mm. and kind of diversify to make sure the one thing you're doing doesn't become extinct yeah yeah are you um i'm just thinking about the whole what you've just said there about stuff kind of ending and all your eggs in the in the kind of youtube basket which mm-hmm. obviously you've kind of already mentioned you've you've str- you struggle with the where what where should you kind of focus your attention um do you have i guess a backup plan of what you would do if for argument's sake, tomorrow YouTube was gone. If um, if I would concentrate on stand-up. Okay. Because it's interesting. I started, I moved to Los Angeles to be an actor, and it has slowly morphed into me being more of a comedian than an actor. Like a comedian that does acting as opposed to an actor that does comedy. Right. So if all else fails... I'll always know how to write a joke and I'll always know how to work a microphone. So that's, I feel like joke telling and stand up is going to be the art form that's around forever. Yeah. Well, for sure. And is your stand up um, along the same vein as your YouTube content? Is it all kind of like LGBT? Um, oh yes. Content? Everything is about me getting uh, sexually rejected. <laughs> oh yeah the whole thing is about gay men uh straight people um my opinions on everything but it's all all gay yeah okay do you because what we were talking about before with the whole um you know like networks and production companies when you're pitching needing Mm -hmm. to modify it and pepper it with straight people to make it um palatable for Mm -hmm. the wider audience does your type of stand-up routine do you have to be considerate of the type of venues that you go to play in or does it not really matter and you can do it wherever no i don't think so that venues only care if you could sell tickets so i mean if i could if they'll let me do madison square garden if uh, if i could you know sell out doing boylesque they don't care uh but um what, it doesn't matter. Uh, so that, not so much. And actually, stand-up is something that people can wrap their brains around more than 
uh, YouTube sketches. So I did the right when I first started doing stand up is actually when some more wheels started turning for me in the industry. I was like, really? I, I have 50 million views on YouTube. Uh, that, does it that count for anything? Yeah, but can you do stand up? Okay. Because right. people, people know what they can wrap their brain around. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess if people have to think too hard, they're, uh, they're lost, right? And it's usually I find that my stuff, it's uh, someone showing another person like, oh, my God, you got to see this person. And it's hit or miss. Some people get it or they don't. And I feel like everybody somehow can get stand up because you're in the room. You hear other people laughing. So you laugh, too. So uh, you're kind of prompted with how you're supposed to be feeling. And I think if uh, whether you think something is funny or not, if you keep fake laughing for 25 minutes, you leave thinking, oh, I think that was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you get nervous? Um, Do you still, well, did you ever, and do you still get nervous when it comes to stand-up? Oh, God, yes. I am usually shitting bricks before I do a stand-up set because I still kind of feel a little bit like I'm new to it. I've really only been doing it since um, tw- since the pandemic. I started okay. it doing right before the pandemic. So I, a lot of stand-up I did was over Zoom. But right. since when we've had these pockets of, uh, no, of thinking that COVID was going away, then I'll perform, perform live. And then I'll actually feel confident about my material, but shitting bricks over the fact like, oh my God, am I going to... Are these people going to laugh? Am I going to remember how to hold the microphone? You know, uh, am I going to know how to have stage presence and pause for laughs? Because when you're doing it on Zoom, you're doing it for people who are muted. So (laughs) it's... uh, How how is that? I mean, I I would feel... Like when I've personally acted in theater productions, which are... That are funny. If I don't hear laughter, it throws me off. And I feel like, Mm -hmm. fuck, what have I done? Am I not... Am I not funny? How right. does that translate kind of doing stand-up via Zoom with everybody muted? You have to trust that your joke was funny. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> honestly, it's got me into a place a little bit where it's like, whatever, your reaction doesn't matter. I know what I wrote was funny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I mean, ultimately, that is the type of confidence that we should all have going into anything that we do in life, right? Totally. I mean, really... I've known comedians and actors that really were not more talented than other people, but they never let any negative criticism mess with their head. They didn't care what other people thought. So they just kept Mm -hmm. plowing ahead, putting themselves in this showcase that they really weren't uh, prepared for or established enough to do, or, you know, it doesn't really, if, if I could go back in time and tell myself something, it would be, do not listen to anybody but what you want to be doing. Like, it yeah. really does not matter what anybody else thinks of you. Because it's at the end of the day, if you're enjoying yourself, that's the only thing that matters on the planet. Yeah. No, and I think that's a really good lesson for so many people um, to kind of learn and start to harness. Because especially within the acting world we we live in a world of either being rejected or just not hearing back 
anything at all. And so mm-hmm. often, it, when from a creative perspective, we can slip into that mindset of it must be me. I'm I'm clearly mm-hmm. not a good actor, or I'm not doing something right. wrong, or I look weird, or something. It's uh, something else. So I think that's a really um, really poignant point that you've made and I'm, I'm i'm reading a book at the moment called the artist's way by mm-hmm. Julie i've heard of it um and one of the first things that i read in there was literally um sometimes it's not the most talented people that that make it but rather those that have the audacity to be whatever they do whatever oh they yeah um, oh i think, I think is, that's i think talent is probably the smallest thing that matters when it comes to somebody being financially successful in this business. Yep. 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 Because I've known a lot. Yeah. I've known a lot of really talented people that don't want to bust their ass doing things that they don't necessarily want to be doing to get to the next level. And I've known a lot of people, like I said, that really their major talent was the fact that they were a hustler. Uh, that they did, you know, go to the gym five days a week to even get the attention uh, uh, of somebody, even though they knew that that was in what th- they were made of. They they just knew what they had to do to play the game to get to where they needed to be, and you know that th- it's a game. It's a game. If you it think of game. yourself too preciously as an artist, if you want to be in the business side of it, you're going to be the one that suffers. Right. Nobody else. Very, very true. Um, and it sounds like you've uh, you've mastered that art. Well, of, uh, Grandpa Michael Henry here just giving advice. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa, God, you talk like you're 100 years old. <laughs> I won't ask you your age, so. Uh, and since you can't see me, you can't. You won't even know. I'm 21. <laughs> no, you're right. I can't. I can't see you. 21. I mean, that's what I was going to guess. So. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sorry, say that again. I was going to say, have you ever tried stand-up or doing comedy or uh, producing your um, own stuff? I have never tried stand-up. Um, it is something that I have considered recently. I like to think that I'm a relatively funny person, but I'm, I've, I've got that really dry British sarcastic humor Mm-hmm. Um, predominantly, uh, it is something that I've thought about as far as writing my own content is concerned. I had a crack at, I, I wrote something, um, a little while ago, a couple of years ago and had a, had a crack at filming it and it all turned to shit. Um, <laughs> why? Uh, well, first of all, this was back when I still believed that I needed to play straight to get anywhere in wow. acting. Right. And so what I wrote was um like a kind of lovey story between a man and a woman which obviously i know nothing about um, <laughs> <laughs> um uh-huh. i think the, i think i think the story was sound um but the like the production of it um wasn't great the we tried to shoot it on mobile phones so that we could f- submit it to mobile film festivals oh. um the person that I had filming, um, as lovely as she was, kind of took over everything um, mm. and wasn't really listening to what I was kind of saying and rushed us. And then I was just getting frustrated because she was kind of taking over. So in the end, when I finally uh, got the footage, there were like 
lav mics in shot and it was overexposed and she was like, oh, you mm. can fix it all in post. And I'm like, well, I'm the editor and I'm not that fucking good with Premiere Pro, so I can't. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, so yeah, it's tough. It, yeah, it, it is. It definitely was. Um, I Obviously, I learned a lot from that experience, though. Um, but I'm in the process of writing something now which is more LGBT related, um, which is kind of a dark comedy type thing. So we'll see. I'm, I'm kind of halfway through writing the script. That's awesome. Do you live in a part of Australia that is has a lot of actors like or industry stuff? Yeah, I'm, in Sydney. I'm in Sydney. Okay. I really don't know anything about Australia other than, um, like I said, the Outback Steakhouse or the Real Housewives of Melbourne. Well, we don't, I don't think we even have Outback Steakhouse here. Um, <laughs> uh, they're just steakhouses. Right. Um, the, uh, yeah, there's not that much to know. From an, act, from an acting perspective, there, there are a lot of um, obviously really talented uh, actors that come out of Australia. Um, and so many obviously leave and, and go to LA or to Canada. Um, it's a, it's a bit of an interesting, uh, I think it's an interesting market acting wise. Mm-hmm. Um, it started to pick up over the last couple of years, but we haven't, I'm speaking from my own experience. Um, but there hasn't, for me, there hasn't been a lot of opportunity to kind of get involved in anything that's not student film or independent or stuff mm. that friends that friends are doing um, because Australia stopped produce or hadn't been producing loads and loads of content over the last however many years because our network television companies all pretty much just moved to reality TV. Um, But that is, that has started to change a lot now with, uh, with a lot of the streaming platforms. So we have Stan and Netflix, et cetera. So there's, um, there's a lot more content being developed. We also have a lot of international productions come over. Mm. Um, but as far as my previous agent was concerned, his, his argument was always, well, the international productions bring all of their own actors and then the, and then the, the spots that are available for Australian actors are small and it always goes to the same actors. So mm. um, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a tough, tough industry to crack. Did you um, ever think about moving to LA? Uh, I'm actually moving to London at the end of the year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I have thought about moving to LA and I'd love to move to LA, but um, I have a British passport, so it's a lot easier to get to the UK than to LA. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in London, then maybe you could find an American, get married to him, and then you could move to LA, no problem. Maybe, or I'll just manage to, I don't know, uh, do well in London and then I'll be able to get a, the right visa really easily because I'm good 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 in, point yes really <laughs> <laughs> I don't need no man yeah no you don't no you don't <laughs> uh, alright Michael look thank you so much for spending some time with me today I really appreciate it if you could give one piece of advice to someone that I guess isn't getting chosen but loves mm-hmm. acting what would it be You know, I would say don't be afraid to pivot, you know, make, there's so many avenues to go down to get to become an actor. So don't be scared of 
pivoting and trying a new tool in your toolbox to get to where you want to be eventually. And make sure to enjoy the process. It's not all about booking. It's, enjoy, it's about enjoying the process of putting something together, you know, writing a script, um, going to an audition, and also embrace failure. It, you, you cannot do everything uh, expecting that you're not going to face failure. It's a 100% guarantee you are going to face failure. So don't feel bad about failing. Uh, like I said, everybody fails. Halle Berry fails. Uh, Nicole Kidman fails. You're never going to not experience it. So all you have to do is enjoy the process and keep going and keep doing it and don't stop. I think that is fabulous advice for everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Good luck with your uh, COVID test. Across <laughs> <laughs> uh, those fingers, please. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, and I'll, uh, I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you. Same here. If you enjoyed this week's episode with Michael Henry, as always, and if you are so inclined, I'd love it if you could drop us a little review on Apple Podcasts or give us a little rating. Next week's guest is a veteran of British television. You may know her as Janine Butcher from EastEnders and all of the other surnames that she has had over the last 20-odd years. I'll be chatting with none other than Charlie Brooks. So make sure that you tune in next week to hear all about what she's up to and how even though she's been acting since she was a teenager, she ain't immune from the insecurities that we all face as actors. That'll be out next Friday. Until then... Thanks for tuning in to Actors Making It.